Welcome to the Art and Science Punks podcast, where two lifelong learners talk about art, science, engineering, technology, and how we play with those things in our lives. I'm one of your punks, Rob Stenzinger, and with me tonight and every night is my amazing punk partner. I'm Kate Stenzinger. Hey, Kate. Well, are we ready to just jump right in what we're going to talk about? Let's jump in tonight. All I'm right. excited. Let's. All right. Sold. Uh, so let's explore this, um, an interesting situation. It's, it's, it's about um, getting interested in, in, in a new thing to make and new skills surrounding it. Yep. But like it was not a straightforward path. Well, and new technology. Right on. And we, or old technology. Where we ended up was, we, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, it was, uh, yeah, we had the tent. I don't, we'll, we'll get into it. We'll see. Yes. Like, how did this, yeah, the new, the old. And because where we landed um, was, um, what, what was it, at the, right right near the lava at Mount Doom? Or no, wait. No, no, was, no, not this time. Instead, it was, uh, we ended up with a, a silhouette. Um, cameo. Silhouette Cameo 3 cutter yes and my new favorite thing yeah it, it's it's a pretty impressive device um but like it totally started out not at all with that with that kind of product yeah not at all with that kind of product and, and i think a different direction and, and some different ideas but with some mm-hmm. similar goals in mind mm-hmm. so okay this the uh, what's the category of this thing called like it's a, it's like a it's a cutter it looks a lot like a printer you can put um paper and other media through it and it has instead of a printer head a blade yes but um it could actually have a laser which is where we started because yeah, yeah this whole thing called the glowforge looked amazing totally really cool and uh was that just sort of a, we, we, we were sharing links and, and we, we started talking about it, fantasizing, like, what could we build with this thing? All of the things we could do with it. Yeah. And because isn't that the one that had like the crazy, you could etch on oh. the top of your laptop. Yeah, it's a shocking video where it's like the, someone puts their, their, their laptop inside this, this sort of, now, now imagine if this thing is way bigger than a printer. It's more like, um, mm, Maybe kind of like a 3D printer looking thing. It looks a lot like a 3D printer. It's kind of like half the size of a table and with this, this glass lid on it and you lift it up and you put something inside. In the, in, the, in the demo video, someone puts their laptop inside of it and then shoots a laser at it, which seems like not the best idea. To put a pretty design on the top. And then, I don't know, I thought it looked pretty cool. It was cool. awesome. Yeah. It just scared the bejesus out of me. Right. Um, and so that, okay. Yeah. I don't plan on etching, you know, every laptop I can get my hands on, but then I started thinking about like, wait a minute, this, um, this laser cutter could cut plastic, could cut wood, could cut a variety of things. It's not just about etching the surface. Right. And that opens up a lot of possibilities, like the different physical objects you can make. Well, and I'm so cool. I wanted to cut felt. (laughs) So, you know, there wasn't another method for that. But that was where I got fascinated is I wanted to I wanted to cut out some felt shapes. Felt shapes. Okay, (laughs) that's that's funny. Um, I actually did not know that that was part of your your dream of the um, the the Glowforge. And um, 
the Glowforge is, I mean, it's not alone in its whole um, category of, of tool. It's um, it's a laser cutter. Yeah. There are other options out in the market. And uh, the Glowforge had, I believe, a pretty successful Kickstarter campaign. And I think that's what drew my attention to it. That we, I don't think we participated in. No, we did not. But we um, were but drooling we know people over. Who, yeah, who did um, participate with that. And, you know, little by little, you get attached and then start imagining, like, okay, we could we could do a lot with this thing. Um, but then practically, like, what we would start with is, you know, I mean, felt yeah, and paper and cardboard and... Fabric. Yeah. So... Vinyl. Then somewhere along the line, like, so how did... Um, then we realized that maybe there's another option because we got all the way into like, well, we're now we're plant we're budgeting because yeah. this is not a, a cheap yeah no um, this was like instrument where where would this fit in the plan where would this fit how would we budget for this and, exactly and how like, long would it take you know, and we should skip this you know yeah. house <laughs> project project and you know reprioritize shuffle things around to you know save and budget for this thing. Um, cause it's somewhere around, I, I, f- I forget offhand. It's like, I it was like a couple grand, five, six like grand, six thousand dollars. Yeah. I think U- it was like US dollars. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, so that takes some budgeting in my world. <laughs> yeah. Right on. And then just sort of tabling it. Right. And then living with, okay, well that's the future. Right. We're building toward that thing. Yeah. Um, at what point did this other option well for me for me it and i and i think it was a little different for you but for me it really was this silly felt project that i was working on so i think it was towards the end of the year i was um working on my 2017 goals Mm -hmm. and and we've obviously podcasted um a bunch on on how we do that process is for us but one of the things that i I was episodes seven and eight of our podcast seven and eight nice Mm um but Additional piece that I kind of was doing in there was some goals around projects or um, creative projects. So not just I want to do more creative projects, but kind of mapping that out and looking at that. So one of the things that I kind of got um, a burr in my bonnet on, if you will, is is wanting to create felt board. Um, Felt board stories, felt board just play things for the kids. Mm. And so I started, of course, looking on Pinterest and Etsy and all these different places. For so why did that? Why did that kind of uh, project get your attention? I love felt boards. Oh. I just think it's really creative. It's fun. It's um, you know, it, it goes along with kind of in our lives. So or one of the values that we have in our family around storytelling, right? Mm. We love to tell stories and and um, encourage the kids to tell stories. And I think that's something fun that you can do, you know, with a felt board. Um, I don't know why this is maybe sounds a little strange, but I'm actually more of like a felt board person than like a puppet person. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like I'd, I like to do like a felt board story, mm. you know, oh, and then this person did this. And oh, look, now here comes the shark and here comes the car and whatever. Now the shark is driving the car. <laughs> Bye, Mr. Shark. <laughs> That's an original story, by the way. Don't well, anybody try and steal that. What what happened to the shark? <laughs> so, Will there be another felt board tale? Anyway, back on ta- on track. I get I got very attached, and I I think I was working from home one day, and I had texted you something. I can't even remember what, but somehow you came back and said, "Well, wouldn't 
couldn't one of these cutter things, or maybe you even said the Glowforge, cut your felt for you? Oh. You planted a seed, and then away <laughs> you went. And I was, um, like, for, like, the next three days, I just did tons of research on what kind of um, more of these, what I think were originally, like, um, paper cutters, um, like scrapbooking. Scrapbooking, yeah. yeah. the good old scrapbookers. Um, love scrapbooking. Can't do it. Just, I don't know why. It's a creative gene I don't have. But Well, different creative dis- disciplines benefit from the market of other creative disciplines. Absolutely, and that was completely the when case. You, when you reuse their tools, right? Yeah, completely the case. But anyway, that's yeah. some of the origin story there. Of, of For me, it was really the uh-huh. silly felt board project. Sure, and I imagine like th- that um, if you encountered someone blogging about their felt board, you know, life practice and life and what have you, they probably don't talk about laser cutters. I'm gonna make <laughs> a bumper sticker. Yeah, felt board for life. Felt board for life. Yeah, or just felt board life. Felt yeah, nice. Um, you could totally make that a um, oh. What is that material that we've been... Vinyl. I could make a vinyl cling. You could make a vinyl cling. Yep. Feltboard life. So, I'm just on tangent land today. Sorry. (laughs) So, okay. You you did this... it's it's funny. It's I that is that where the connection came in? Like for well, me, hey, wait a minute. For me like, on my okay. side, yeah. Because what I found was is that the because um, Cricut is the other big cutter. A lot of Cricut. people use a Cricut yep. cutter. But what I found was um, the Silhouette Cameo had more options for um, the different settings, hmm. um, as well as they had a custom fabric blade, um, and so there was a couple of different. Um, benefits to that I saw more Wasn't it sort of I remember um, you had concerns around the resolution right yeah like that was how much thing. detail could you have this thing uh, cut essentially yes and so the cricket cutters um, at least some of the research I read there was some challenges with um, it being a low DPI right Am I saying that right yeah, and yeah so dots that, per inch, essentially uh, resolution. Like yeah. how many sharp turns and twists and yeah. and cuts could yield clear detail? Yeah, and I don't know if those were earlier models or what, because one of the things I've come to learn since now having the silhouette cameo is that I'm pretty late to this party. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean the whole um, these have been around yes, scrapbooking. Yeah, um, but even the cutters. I mean, this team is, scrapbook had a party with the silhouette years and years ago. Exactly. And yeah. so this is, you know, we're on version three of the, of the actual hardware, right? Yeah. Um, which has some, some cool functions and, and features to it. So, and, and it's funny because we started, um, so some, some things that we started making with this is, is we went to the, um, I, I, let's see, where did I draw these things? I think I just, I drew some stuff while commuting on the bus on my iPad with my, you know, the Apple Pencil and all that stuff. And then I, I turned that into vector shapes. Drew some, some felt board shapes? Some felt board shapes, yes. yeah. Things that I wanted to, that, that was like, well, maybe this would be fun. Yeah. And sort of bounced it off you. And overall, most of them made the cut, right? Yes. And uh, then 
we had a little bit of a, a hiccup because the default software that came with it wasn't oh. able to import much, honestly. Yeah, and it, and then when it did, it would pick up all sorts of other stuff and wouldn't give me clean lines, so it didn't want to cut right. Yeah, it was, yeah, because it essentially wanted to work with uh, only bitmap art, which I thought, why? This is this. It doesn't make any sense intuitively. So a bitmap art. Um, if you're if you're new to graphics and digital, you know, like art on a computer, you've got things that that are that are raster or bitmap, and all those mean is that it's a big grid of of uh, dots, and that could lead to some you know high detail, but what's even better and more precise is something that is uh, vector based, because yep. it's essentially these these mathematical points and curves, and I'm like it's perfect for a printer to follow these mathematical points and curves to have a nice precision, um, you know, composition experience and then output. Yeah. And I think we were originally using the free version of the software that just came with a tool, mm-hmm. right? That came with the hardware. So we did, we chose to, you know, investigate. Yep. turns out the, you know, if you upgrade, yep. you can have, uh, you can import a lot more formats, yep. including like SVG and Adobe Illustrator, yep. stuff like that. Being able to put Illustrator files straight in has been a real big help. Huge as far as simplifying the creation process and iterating on this stuff. Yeah. Um, so how yeah. did the how do you recall this the shift happening for you with kind of um, studying the cameo? Well, the I mean, as soon cameo. as you sent me a link to yeah. one of those, I thought, wait a minute, this has n- I, at least fifty percent of the capability of a laser cutter for what <laughs> I think we would end up using it for. Yeah, and it's like one tiny fraction of the price. Right? Yeah, it's a lot. You it's go much... from something that that is roughly six thousand U.S. dollars to roughly maximum 300 right that's with the packages right where you're going to get some heat transfer vinyl and some removable vinyl and different things to kind of play around with and try yeah because you need some substance to cut yeah with it and i I mean it was a no-brainer at that point i i kind of i was stunned and i did not have a a particular project in mind but I knew that this opened up a lot of neat possibilities, possibly for, you know, for things like um, exploring new options for, for our holiday candles we make. Yeah, I'm super excited to see what we want to do with that. Yeah, and this is, this is fun. Um, one project came up sort of out of nowhere, too. Like, yeah, real organically. That was kind of cool. Uh, the, I'm, you know, there, there's uh, essentially a, um, a co-worker friend of mine is working on a pretty interesting um, project that involves the Raspberry Pi and retro gaming. It's called the Retro Pi. Um, he has um, he 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 designed this this sort of well miniature um, Nintendo enter, enter, entertainment system that um, a Raspberry Pi can uh, fit inside can fit inside, and it can run classic games and all this stuff. But then. Um, even after like painting it and stuff, like, well, what how, what do you put on it for a logo and what have yeah. you? And I mentioned that we could do this, and here you go. We got our first sort of project outside yeah. of our our you know felt stuff. Yeah, so it's been really fun because it's um, a pretty cool custom um, font, right? Yeah, it's a, a logo very... that's it, it's in the the Nintendo font. If you look at um, the 
the um, Nintendo Entertainment System, like the one that was released in the United States, um, because I, you know, it was, it was called the Famicom elsewhere. It has a certain font, really. Um, I mean, if you've played that system as, and spent hours yeah. on it, you, you will, recognize it. Yeah. And then to essentially spell out RetroPie. Yeah, so we're, yeah, so we're yeah. writing RetroPie. And we've gone through a few different iterations. Um, I had to learn a little bit more about um, using the, the vinyl in that small of a font because it's very tiny what we're doing. And then we've been kind of, I think, resizing and trying different sizes to see what's going to look the best, what's aesthetically going to be the right, the right fit. Yeah, we've had a few a few iterations and have at least one more iteration ahead of us to get something that's really in the right scale. But um, yeah, I don't know if there there's what was that called the the weeding. Yeah, it's, you the weed whole, it. Yeah, it's that's that's a so like you you print a thing and it has the positive and negative space and and then you know you you cut the shapes are cut. But then you've got to free them. Yeah, from, you have to remove them from the all of the the, the the vinyl in yeah. this case around it, and um, that takes some doing. And originally, you know, being a complete and total newbie um, to it, uh, I was I was making some silly errors, I would say. But having watched a few YouTube videos and, and spent some time again, you know, just looking, there's a million tutorials out there at a couple of the different sites for tutorials. Um, it was really able to find some tips and tricks where, you know, it's almost trivial to, to, hmm. to weed this tiny little text and keep it laid out properly, right? Keep it all set. Not to put you on the spot. Is that something you might blog about at some point at yeah. artandsciencepunks.com? Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I saw you go through that learning curve. I learned a lot by watching you go yeah. through that learning curve. And it seemed like some techniques are, uh, ju- they're just way more efficient. Right. Oh, absolutely. Um, and of course, I've I, I've been bitten by the bug to explore this retro pie land. And that might be something to... Um, to chat about in a future episode. Yeah, I think it'd be fun um, to talk more about the retro pie and mm-hmm. and some of the cool different things that can be done with the raspberry pie. But I do want to go back to one thing. So I talked a little bit about, you know, you planted the seed and I started doing kind of a bunch of online research. And I'm curious <laughs> because we landed where we landed and we I think we both ended up doing a little bit of research between the cricket and the cameo and kind of anything else that's out there. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're doing research on a tool... What are some of the some of your favorite ways to do research um, mm. to try and figure out what what are the right tools to engage in the projects that you're you're thinking about? Uh, <clears throat> that can be very different depending on how informed I am about the given result sure. I'm seeking because if that has to do with with the digital world. Um, I'm pretty practiced at that. And this, this is where I get sort of a a pretty strong signal early on and I'm able to weed through information pretty quickly. But what information do you weed through? Are you reading specs? Are you reading reviews? Are you looking at I'm looking at examples of things that have been built typically in both cases. It's just that in one case I have a very, um, practiced vocabulary 
and sure. and then in, in, in the other one, I'm developing it. So, yeah, physical products. I, I but but yet still, I am familiar with the creative process, and I look at well, what have people made, and what are some of the things that they mentioned, and does this click with me? And uh, I, I need to see both the results and some kind of sharing of that, the experience of bringing bringing those results about. That's awesome, and you know, it's funny because. It, when I was thinking about that, that's not that wouldn't have been something I listed as how I approach things, but it absolutely is true. Because just even in looking at the different types of cutters, I was more interested in, has anyone tried cutting felt? Does this even work? I know there's a fabric blade, but that's meant to cut, you know, a single piece of fabric that's a little different than a deep um, piece of felt, um, which we've had great luck with cutting the felt. So that's been, that's been good. It, took some trial and error finding the right kind of felt because you mm-hmm. need a really stiff felt. Um, hmm. Otherwise, it's just difficult to to, man- to manage it, um, to get it to come out clean. Yeah, you don't get clean cuts with loose felt. Yeah, with something that's just going to move around. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing is, um, do you use reviews or how much weight do you put into um, reviews that people submit? Do I? Yeah, I use reviews, of course. Um, reviews are a form of um, social evidence. It's some kind of signal outside of a product, and it's something that I've dealt with plenty dealing, you know, in the world of uh, user experience and retail and all that kind of oh, stuff. Oh, sure, yeah. Um, and I've I've built things related to making it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if you're searching for user reviews, you're stuff. searching for a new hot glue gun because you like to hot glue things. Yeah. Um, bedazzle, if you will. Um, what, you know, do you, are you going to look at the, the reviews and the star rating and that kind of thing? Or are you going to look at something else? Uh, no, I, I am definitely influenced by reviews and star rating. Uh, but yet I want to see something that's reinforcing. So I want to find some combination of YouTube videos and blog posts. Yep. I mean, that's where um, I think a great set of um, just examples and evidence of, okay, people have completed projects. And then if these projects resonate with what I'm trying to make yep, or, or what I'm hoping to make. That helps that, drive it home. Yeah, it helps a lot. It helps a lot. So, so like things like, honestly, a good signal for me is is like the Make Make Magazine and their, oh, sure. their blog and uh and then honestly yeah anyone who is just sharing their creative process that's not directly sponsored by the company oh i know that's the that's the thing so for me i use reviews a ton right i'm i'm always kind of going through and i'm going to read the crappy reviews that's probably the first thing i'm going to re- read mm. and they're always hysterical it's like 9 times out of 10 has nothing to do with the product you know, the box was crushed when shipping, it showed up. Yep. Shipping. A common, common um, theme. Or they clearly didn't read what product they were buying. I love sure. those two. Like, these aren't gummy bears. This is a glue gun. I'm <laughs> mad. Um, it's not. It's, it's yeah. Yeah. It's a, a silly example, but not quite, you know, uh, it's not out, out of the realm. Right. Because this, uh, yeah, people get grumpy and they share stuff. But now, now it's confounded because so many of the reviews are paid for, mm-hmm. you know? And so now sometimes they're like, I got paid for this completely unbiased review. And I'm like, well, I don't know if I trust you. 
Oh gosh, yeah, and there are a variety of programs in in the world that have. Um, I mean, honestly, they can be a side gig if if yeah. for anyone interested, you can join a um, essentially a research panel, and then depending on your demographics and your interests and what have you, you will be recruited to try stuff. And sometimes it's digital stuff, sometimes it's physical stuff, and depending on what kind of thing you sign up for, you can really influence that because some some things are like oh you just get a box of stuff try this out because you know you like you know kittens yeah socks and makeup and kittens (laughs) and whatever right and they'll send you a box of that stuff every month and and then you you get to say this didn't influence me and here's my opinion and uh a lot of reviews because reviews are influential they're super influential then yeah, so of course there's plenty of market behavior trying to tap into into that influence. So here's some crazy market behavior for you. Mm-hmm. I always read reviews. Hmm. Well, I should never say always, right? But a lot of the time yeah. I read reviews. I never write them. Do you write reviews? Do you mm-hmm. go out and review products? I podcast. You podcast, you blog. And I do, yeah, on occasion I blog and whatnot and I make stuff, like applications and stuff. So, I mean, there's a signal of stuff that I endorse in the world. Like I chose, I choose components to build things and I use certain tools I talk about on podcasts, but like, no, I don't actually go into systems owned by other people and put my content in them typically. Sure. That to that extreme, I mean, uh, I, that what I just said is completely wrong because I have a Tumblr blog. I've got a Twitter account. I've got whatever. <laughs> sure, sure. So but I've clearly traded off some of my rights of ownership to. But you don't go to Target yeah. or Amazon or. Yeah. I can't think of another Not big so far. Realtor. Best Buy. Yep. What other sure. big? Sure. eBay. eBay. Yep. And put New in egg. reviews. Yep. Tiger Direct. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't. You I, usually do in Zappos, though, when you order Zappos, shoes. Zappos, yep. You got to share your shoe love. <laughs> um, so, oh, there you go. No, actually, not even there. Mm. And it's not, I don't know, I, I just, it's not my thing. Yeah, it's not mine either. And I just think that's interesting because I rely on it so much when I shop. Yeah. Uh, hmm. And even if I'm shopping for clothing, for me, I'm reading the reviews. Yeah. So... What would cause you to write a re- review? Extreme anger. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, this product was the biggest waste of whatever. And even that, I don't know that I'd take the energy. I'm would just not one care? to put negative energy out in the world. So I, that's I think not for true most either. people, it is um, big feelings. Yeah, big feelings. But I would say, even that, I think. Um, I would maybe, you know, if I was stewing about something, writing a review in my head, but to actually take the time, I'm just not one to put negative out there in the world like that. Yeah. You know? Mm-mm. Yep. Uh, and even with the, all the prompting that, that can happen. I know, happen, right? Like, you get these little you notes. bought this thing. You know, you bought like this, whatever. Toaster. Toaster. And it's meant to whatever. Share with so others. Great, and don't you know other people should know about it? Yep. Okay, I have another question for you. Yeah. So, what's next on with the um, the cutter with the silhouette silhouette cameo? Um. Okay. So we adopted a tool. Um, we're going to keep it. 
<laughs> Give it a good home. Did we name it? Uh, no. We'll name it. Okay. To do. And we could uh, easily have it print its own label, which is fun. I don't know. Okay. So I do have to share one of the demos I watched when mm-hmm. I was trying to figure out this weeding thing. Mm-hmm. Um, this of small letters is I watched this person who is a very has a lot, a lot of videos and has done a ton of stuff with these different cutters. And that's should exactly we, should what... Should we mention them and put a link? Um, I will have to find it. I don't cool. know it All off right. the top of my head because it was... I watched a lot of different videos. But this one was very funny because she um, basically was just putting her name on the top of her machine. <laughs> and that was the video. And I just laughed. Excellent. I was so like, All right. Yeah, we could do that. I don't think I feel strongly enough with it to give it my name. <laughs> But um, no, but I, I, I'm thinking like, yeah, there's a lot of like little, um, little cases or like my backpack or um, just stuff that I think um, maybe, maybe my laptop, it's not a laser burning it's right, but it's a removable. Yeah. But I think I might print a cut label. Yeah. for, For that laptop. Um, like I did actually make a sticker for, I was just going to say, yeah, you kind of did. I kind of, I kind of did this, but I did it by hand for, um, the laptop that you recently inherited. Yes. I made a, um, so I, I dig the band Battlecross and, um. Oh yeah. Shout out to Battlecross. Shout out to Battlecross. And, uh, I'm sure they listen. They, oh, you know it. <laughs> like a metal band from Detroit. <laughs> This is all like they're up in this podcast. That's right. Every metal band in Detroit probably listens, <laughs> listens to, the, to this podcast. So, and and good for them. Good for them, right? And this uh, this this band Battlecross has a kind of this um, whatever you know uh, they have a symbol, and so I made a custom sticker that I printed and cut out by hand. Out, yeah. And now the crick, the silhouette. Cameo could cut mm-hmm. it out for you. It could. And it so, will. Well, whatever you design, it will cut out. Yeah, I do have an Adobe Illustrator file of what I. Yeah, so I could do the same thing, but you know, it's. it's I like to keep it fresh. Yeah. So I would do something new. new. Yeah. We'll see. Then I think it's time to. Uh, it's, so we mentioned a lot of stuff oh that goodness, I think yes. we may end up coming back to just as a heads up thing, and. If any of this was uh, of a particular curiosity for you, you can always, you know, send us a tweet and question or comment at Art Science Punks. Absolutely. But setting that where it is for now, we we have a couple of picks. We do have a couple of picks. An art pick and a science pick. I have a an art pick. Can I go first? Yeah. It's not really an art pick. I ain't going to lie to you, folks. What? I know. What I have today, because <laughs> I can't help it, uh-huh. <clears throat> St. Patrick's Day is coming. So hmm. I have a St. Patrick's Day brownie. Um, they call it a trifle, which I think is funny. A trifle? A trifle. Not, not a truffle? Not a truffle. It's got an eye. Truffles are a lie. But yeah, okay, go ahead. Right. So, you know, which you could think of trifle as layered dessert. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> right, so picture a, a fancy clear glass, um, pretty dessert serving dish that's sitting in the middle of the table, mm-hmm, like up mm-hmm. on a, it's on a stem, hmm. right? Mm. And it's layered, so you make brownies. 
And then you cut the brownies and then you layer brownies on the bottom. Hmm. And then you do um, pudding. So you can do either pistachio pudding, right? So it's green. Or you could do vanilla pudding and put food color. Oh, okay. And so then you do a layer pudding. Then you do a layer of Cool Whip. Then you do another layer of brownies. Layer of green pudding, layer of Cool Whip. And then you crush mint Oreos. Are you promising to make this? On the top. Well, not for everyone, but I'll probably make it for you. Okay. This sounds awesome. Oh my God, I'm dying. It looks so good. It looks so, so good. So Hmm. that's my art pick. Sorry, it's a little bit of a not art pick, but it's very creative Uh, and festive. Yeah, I mean... And I thought what it was What is funny. an art pick? What is a science pick? Uh, I know. know. Okay. So There's... we will link to it, but it looks fantastic. And I will um, try and make one and then uh, I'll throw that up on the blog as well. So your art pick could become a science pick. You know what? It probably it probably is both. Exactly. You know, because, well, I mean, honestly, there's tons of chemistry in baking. And... There is, but I'm just going to, you know, use a box mix and, and follow the directions. Fair enough. Okay. But then you could actually explore what are the chemical reactions of how, you know, sugar becomes caramelized and all that kind of stuff. We have watched um, some interesting uh, YouTube videos on this process. Yeah. Um, on all those cool things. Yeah. And baking. There's some lot of fun stuff in there. So we'll link to it. It looks super yummy. And I think it promises to be good because who can go wrong with like putting Cool Whip in brownies? It's, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm sold. Okay. Okay. So hope I, your science pick is as yummy. Uh, is my science pick yummy? It's yummy if you want to feast upon delicious, <laughs> beautiful data. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, my my science pick is something is a project called Raw Graphs. Raw. Raw graphs. Isn't that a wrestling um, show? Uh, yeah, you told, okay. you have to elbow your your computer to make this work. Oh, okay, good. Like people's elbow, right on your computer. Bam. Fantastic. Uh, yep, old reference. So, um, no, there's a uh, there there's a project that I will link to in the show notes called Raw Graphs, and it's a, a, a really friendly tool to make some like a huge variety of sort of uh, visual ways to explore your data. So let's say you have some kind of spreadsheet. Let's say maybe you you went back and reflected on like the year 2015 and generated a lot of data, like 4,000 points of data. I don't know. Who knows? Yikes. Let's say yes. that happened. Let's say that happened. <clears throat> Again, and, people reference episodes seven and eight. <laughs> and let's say that, uh, you know, you've got that in essentially a spreadsheet so raw graphs works just even by cutting and pasting like so select all in your spreadsheet and paste it into raw graphs and then it will intake the data and say well what how do you want to look at this and then you get to pick a variety of options like anything like you know different like hierarchical nodes or um you know, it, your traditional bar chart, tra- bar chart, pie, pie chart kind of stuff, but like a ton of options. Um, and then you say like, well, what element elements in my data need to represent different areas of concern? Like, well, what is a data point named? You get to pick what column determines that. What is a data point? What term, what determines the color? What determines the size? Oh, wow. And 
you get a some pretty pretty darn cool visual output you know through incredibly minimal effort if you've tried to try to do this do various to, ways do you like upload your data to the website or you might that's an awesome question and what they do is it all works locally in your web browser because web browser web browsers are essentially um, full app platforms. Uh-huh. You can do tons in the web browser. Should the creator of an of a capability or a website or an app or whatever say that, hey, you know what? I don't want to see your data. They can do that. And this raw graphs thing is an open source project and um so from what i've seen they don't they don't upload your data oh wow cool so you are working locally and if you're like well i don't know about this i'm concerned and no sir i don't like it you can go ahead and download like you can make your own running copy of their whole project oh wow you can do it you can just, just drop it down locally because it's open source yeah, because it's yeah. open source yep so yeah and and nice pick yeah, raw graph, raw graphs, and then so it outputs either PNG, tying back to our other mention of of raster versus vector graphics. Yeah, PNG or SVG, and they so that gives you a lot, a lot of ability to like start. Um, I could editing. cut out a picture of your graph on my cutter. Yes, you could, <laughs> and that's power. Like that's that's a lot of that's art and science, just being awesome i like it yeah well that's a great pick robbie i think that wraps us up for today all right we are the art and science punks coming to you each week with stories of art science and creativity and oftentimes stories of struggles and successes of balancing our personal passions with work and family art and science punks has a blog at art and science punks.com and on twitter at art and not the end just art science punks you can find our podcast feed at artsciencepunks.fireside.fm or on iTunes, where, of course, we would appreciate your five-star rating. You can always treat me at, tweet me at, <laughs> you can always tweet me at Kate Stenzinger on Twitter. And I am Rob Stenzinger on Twitter. See you, Rob,